So, Berto, I have a bunch of emails from listeners, and I thought we would read them and answer them. What do you say? That sounds fabulous. All right. This first email is from anonymous upper tier patron about brand loyalty. They write, what is the psychology behind brand loyalty? Why do people stay loyal to brands like Apple when their products consistently get more and more expensive with seemingly less value? Berto, why are people so into brands these days? Well, that's an interesting thing. I don't even know that this is a these days kind of thing. Uh, people have been, Coca-Cola has been around for a long time. I think the idea of loyalty to something you like goes back time immemorial because like someone yeah. would set up a shop. It's like, oh, you haven't tried baked rolls until you go to little Johnny's over here. And so you're like, oh, little Johnny's. Yeah, yeah. He's up on that mountain. You see that temple? They're praying to the goddess such and such. Go next door. He's, he's got this little shop there. And this is 6,000 years ago. So you climb the hill, you get up there, and you go taste the thing. And it was great. Now, you don't know any better because there's not like bun makers everywhere. So as far as you're concerned, this is the food of the gods. And then you go tell everyone. And for the rest of your life, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. You've never had buns until you've tried little Johnny's buns up in the near the yeah. Parthenon. Yeah, Johnny's buns. Maybe I need to delineate for a bit of this for the discussion to be satisfying for the anonymous up to your patron. So there's a difference between being loyal to something that's good. You know, like if you're loyal to something like Johnny's buns and they are decided. But they may not be good. No, the point is okay, they may so, not be good. Okay, so that's the delineation. Why would what anonymous up to your patron is saying uh, that people are loyal to brands even when it's counterproductive for themselves to be loyal to that brand. Why do they do that? Yeah, like I think that humans don't generally like change. Um, humans like things they find, and if if they recognize them or they feel familiar, they tend to gravitate to them. So, uh, look, is it true that everyone's grandma's soup is the best of all time? Is it actually true? Or is it just that everyone's got a special affinity to the thing they know and, and got used to? Right. And so you bought that one product, or maybe your parents did, and you got used to that brand, and now you think that brand is the only thing there is because that's what you know. It reminds you of home. It reminds you of 20 years ago. It reminds you of this, that. And maybe you did. Maybe there was a point in which you were like, God, this is so good. As an example... Um, there, there are, as you know, there's so many products that if you tried the product today and the product back when you first liked it, um, they've changed the formula, the recipe a million times. It's not the same at all. This is not true with everything, but a lot of things are. And yet you will swear by it. You're like, oh yeah, you can never do wrong with this. Um, and so I, I think that that's part of it is that humans are nostalgic humans. Uh, they, as, especially as you grow older. You start looking for things that remind you of your past. And anything new, you look at with skepticism. What is this new Twitter thing? You know, all these things. And so that's part of it. Uh, now, there's other phenomena, which I still don't think are technically new, but they certainly spread like wildfire now, wildfire now, because you'll see online that everyone's posting a meme or everyone's taking a picture with their new little white earbuds. And you're like, why is everyone wearing white earbuds? And so there's a little bit of that... Uh, oh, I want to be part of this. I want to be part of that, that group. They seem like cool people. I want to be cool. I think that's always been around, but now 
it's it's exploded because mass media, uh, TV, and now internet makes it so that uh, it's it's shown to millions and millions of people. And the more of these people that that go and get the thing, the more you feel you're left out if you don't do it, and then you latch on. Yeah, yeah. Those are all compelling reasons as to why we would be loyal to brands even when it's not good for us to be. Um, I wrote down some notes here in terms of my language. One is is just brainwashing, which is another word for brand marketing. You know, this just use Apple as an example. Apple has effectively marketed their brand in such a way that people believe that their products are far superior to other products. And Berto, you and I are, you know, a bit on the techie side and understand that although Apple makes a good product, so can other companies. You know, Apple has problems. Every computer, you know, the fact that one computer doesn't have problems is one of the dumbest things you could ever say, you know. Apple definitely somehow brainwashed its users into believing that they were on this problem-free platform and everyone else was just dying in a chaos of bugs. You know what I mean? (laughs) So with brands, I've been brainwashed to believe, being a Seattleite and having literally half my family work at Boeing, (laughs) that that Boeing planes are superior to Airbus. Right. And I have... Uh, people in my family whose lives depend on that idea, at least being s- believed by some people on the planet. Right. And when I get on a plane, I check what kind of, you know, what it is. And if it's a Boeing plane, I feel better. And if it's an Airbus, I'm like, uh. I mean, I don't feel like the Airbus is going to go down in flames, but I'm just like, ah, you know, it's not a Boeing plane. Now, why do I believe that? Well, because I've been brainwashed, you know, like it's not based on any data. I don't I actually have no idea. Maybe Boeing is worse. Uh, of course, certainly the you know the recent that latest model yeah, um, has problems, but uh, I'm sure it's way more complicated than just simply saying that Boeing is better than Airbus. You know, I'm sure yep. it's pretty pretty complicated question to answer. And I've been brainwashed by uh, you know multiple years of 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 propaganda that, of course, is self serving not only for people in my family but also to our community. I mean. People forget that Seattle's economy was 50% dependent on Boeing before we had Microsoft. Before we had Microsoft and then all the subsequent tech after that, the entire economy in Seattle would ebb and flow with Boeing uh, jet sales, you know? Yeah. And when they laid, when Boeing had to lay people off, the entire economy in Seattle just tanked, um, or, you know, periodically over time. There was actually... Well, I mean, this is this is like... Why do you like this this football team? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I do. It's because you were from that city. Like you were you were not like fully appreciating that my Joe's uh, donuts or whatever it was Joe's uh, biscuits. Um, that example is the person that moves from one city and says, "Oh, they don't have good hamburger joints here." Really? What do you eat? Oh, there's this place called Mamusas. If you just had a Mamusa burger, oh. Finally, Mamusas is coming here. Oh my God, you gotta go! And then there's a car line for three days straight to eat their Mamusas burgers. But Mamusas burgers are just burgers. They're yeah. just because they weren't here, and someone said they're the best thing since yeah. sliced bread. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not Joe's biscuits; it was Johnny's buns burger. Whatever. Like, remember your own your own brands. Um, another reason is fear. You know, when we're afraid, I think this is just my <laughs> speculation. When we're afraid of something, then 
we will return to things that we know well. Yeah. And like just using Apple as an example, if you, you, you know, you're looking for a new phone and you're just like, well, maybe I should try out a Samsung or something. But generally speaking, you're just afraid financially or you're afraid just generally in your marriage or something. It's just like, I don't want to deal with having to figure that out. Just, just stick with what you know. And, and so I think brand loyalty has something to do with that as well. Another is convenience. That, again, when you know something, again, going with yeah. Apple, when, you have an, an, when you're in the Apple universe, it's really hard to get out of that universe because there's so many different things that depend on you having all the devices and the accessories and the, knowing the operating system and trying to learn a new operating system. Yeah, like early on when phones were coming out, smartphones, I had, I don't know, five different models of Microsoft-based smartphones. And, but since there hadn't been any consolidation in the experience of, of even those phones, like I wasn't really carrying my experience forward from phone to phone. I, I had to, anything I saved on the phone, I have to put it on my desktop somehow and stuff. So by the time that iPhone 3G came out, it wasn't a painful switch for me because I wasn't leaving behind a whole bunch of apps and a whole bunch of history and a whole bunch. I was just like, okay, fine. I'll just download this stuff and move on to the next one. Whereas now it's like, oh, I don't know. I've got everything in the cloud and, and I got all these apps installed and I've got all these chat messages and, you know, it's a lot more stickiness. Right. Another is culture will affect your brand loyalty. I'm an Asian person, which means I have to buy a Japanese car. <laughs> I've never not had in fact I've never not owned a Honda. <laughs> I had an Acura, but that's of course owned by Honda. So um culture I think also plays a big role. You know, if you're a sporto, then you're going to follow some sporto um uh, uh brand. If you're a soccer player, then you're going to follow I don't know, what's the big soccer Adidas? I'm not sure. Probably. Uh, yeah. Uh if you're a, if you're a particular uh, come from a particular region like yeah. Kansas, then you're probably buying Ford. You're probably really loyal to Ford. Hey, who knows? The other reason I thought of was in-group bias. In that, when you're when you're part of a brand, particularly the way that some brands are marketed, you're you're sold a bill of goods that basically says you're in a in-group. That when you know two Apple people meet, they understand each other. Or, you know, they have discerning tastes or something. Or when two Ford owners get together, it's just like, yeah, screw Chevrolet, you know. When, when two uh, North Face jacket people meet in the mall, you know, they're like, hey, look at you. You're the same as me. And, and so when yeah. you're in an in-group and you feel, even if it's an abstract idea, you know, like, I'm a Reddit user. I'm not a 4chan user. And you just feel, even though you don't talk to other Reddit users, you just feel like we're. I'm a part of a community of people, and there's the in group and then the out group. And wait, you're a Philistine, or are you, you a Samaritan? Are you a? I yeah. I think this this is why this thing goes way back because yeah. these were all brands. You know, you, are you a Roman? If you're a Roman, that means something. Yeah. If you're a Greek, if you're from Athens, if you're from Athens, that means something. These were brands. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the abstract is certainly, you know, by nationality and culture for sure. And and I'm sure it hasn't been, I'm sure this isn't the first time it's been said, but marketing essentially subverted this instinct or this cultural notion around nationality or group adherence, uh, tribe adherence, if you will. And they 
basically figured out how to trick everyone into believing you're you're no longer an American, you're an Apple user, you know. You're right. no longer part of the political movement to uh, increase civil rights. You're now a just do it Nike person. Which is great, right? <laughs> because it doesn't matter what race, what sex, what nationality, what anything. You're one of you're one of everyone. Which is great. I mean, I see where you're trying to make it a bad thing, but I would much rather, now as long as it doesn't lead to wars between Nike users and Apple users, I would much rather everyone in the planet open up a fizzy cancer-causing Coke product and everyone be like, yay, cheers everyone, than like, whoa, I, I don't like you because of these reasons and I don't like you because of these reasons. I, I've never seen wars break out between PC and Mac except in the commercials. Well, that could be argued uh, indirect wars based on economic disparity, based on exploitation of workers, based on an entire country-sized island of plastic in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. But not between the two different factions. That but it's a result of materialism or... and marketing oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. and of these marketers convincing us that we need to buy, buy, buy. But, and one of the methods that they get us to buy, buy, buy is by brainwashing us into believing that we're, we're, we are our brands. But even if you didn't, though, if you kept switching brands all the time because you don't care, you're not loyal to a brand, you're still consuming. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. I'm not saying that I'm not. <laughs> As an example, uh, in-group bias, I did a thorough, like a few years ago, I was just like, okay, I've, I've never bought a proper acoustic guitar. I, I play guitar acoustic mainly all the time. And I'm like, I'm going to go out. So I went around Seattle. I went to every single guitar store in Seattle. And there's, you know, there's a couple dozen. And I played every single guitar in every single store. I played, <laughs> I played Martins from the 40s. I played, you know, carbon uh, nanofiber or whatever you call it. <laughs> I played everything, and I found that Gibson guitars were my favorite. Yeah, nice. I I loved the tone, and I couldn't stand. Well, that's a hard thing. To, I really did not like Taylors and Martins. So the the biggest uh, acoustic guitar manufacturers, you know, the big ones are Taylor and Martin, and particularly Martin and. Everyone's oh you got you know you got to buy a Martin and and I'd play I was just like it's so tinny and loud <laughs> you know it's so abrasive it doesn't have earthiness to it you know it doesn't it doesn't even really sound like an acoustic guitar to me it sounds like a a metallic scraping or something you know <laughs> and so when I now now that I bought my but I didn't know that before before I went out to buy an acoustic, and you have a tailor behind you, don't you? I do have a tailor. Yeah. You just put down my guitar. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. It's funny. Like, I have my Gibson behind me. You have your tailor behind <laughs> you. And I found that uh, Gibson guitar players, uh, Gibson acoustics, are actually kind of rare. And You know, like, uh, I believe um, uh, Bob Dylan, I think, played, you know, the Beatles. They had, a, they had a Gibson. You know, the, all yeah. those early guitars uh in the, all the albums they play this pretty crappy gibson honestly but um so now when i see people playing taylors and martins i think they're they're basic <laughs> <laughs> um uh, okay so another thing is is status signaling um when i was in 
just relating it back to Apple, when I was in Cuba on the taxi cabs and just like around random places, you know, the just, just set the scene. Havana, Cuba is extremely poor. I mean, we're talking, we are, I mean, you, when you think of Cuba, you think, oh, it's, you know, the music and the nightlife right. and the, the rum and the cigars and yeah, but extreme poverty. I mean, we are right. talking the rich people live in poverty. I mean, there's some rich people for sure on the other side of town, but anyway, lots of poverty. But what I would see around were all these iPhone uh, lo- logos, you know, that Apple with the with the chomp out of it, mm. you know, you'd see this Apple logo like everywhere. And I'd see it on the taxi cabs, you know, those old, you know, you think of Cuba, you think those, those old cars from the fifties that they renovated and right. the pink flamingo cars. And <laughs> they would have this, they would have this Apple logo on it. And I'd, I'd be like, does that mean they have like Wi-Fi in the taxi? Cause these taxi, <laughs> these taxis are like real, like ramshackle, you know, they don't keep those cars because they want to, you know, they keep them because they can't afford to buy a new car. They have just, they've been renovating the same 1950s, you know, uh, what do you get? The brew baker or the bottle baker or whatever those cars are. Anyway. Um, so I asked one of the taxi drivers, like, you know, so why do you have this Apple logo on the car? And he's, he's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, do you, do you, do you have Wi-Fi in here? So I don't understand. Like, do, is this an Apple endorsed taxi cab? <laughs> and he's he's like, oh well, you know, it's just a it's just a really cool phone. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> I'm like, so you have that on your taxi? You know, like an official taxi cab. <laughs> they just have it with, with the, and that's the only sticker they have in the in the window. That's hilarious. And, and I'm like, so you just sort of like the brand? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I just. You know, he, I think he might have even said something like, I can't afford an iPhone, so <laughs> I just think it's a really cool brand. And it was just giving e- props. It, to it was everywhere. And I just thought, okay, because in the United States, if you had a if you had a iPhone logo on your car, people would be like, do you work for Apple? <laughs> but in Cuba, the the culture is such that the what that signals I'm assuming is some kind of ritziness that you hmm. have that logo. It, it's like bling in a certain way, you know what yeah. I mean? Just having the sticker is some right. kind of status symbol, you know? Um, so some, you know, Louis Vuitton, Rolex, these kinds of things, people don't buy a Rolex because they want to buy a watch. They want a Rolex because they can say, I have a Rolex. You know, they don't buy a $30,000 timepiece because they want to keep time. <laughs> well, I mean, you might have to be really accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. They, 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 you know, you buy a Rolex because when people see that, they're like, whoa. So that's another reason why, you know, people are uh, interested in their, in their uh, brands. And, and I think Apple has something to do with it, too, because, you know, Apple ain't cheap. Let's just put it that way. All right, Berto, let's take a break and we get back. Uh, let's give people time to email us and tell us how much they love Apple and how insulted they are. What do you say, Berto? <laughs> let's do it. Hey, Deserving Listeners, as you know, I'm constantly recommending that people go to therapy. We all need therapy from time to time. One of the options available that is definitely worth checking out is BetterHelp.com. So if you're looking for a therapist, I would give it a try by going to BetterHelp.com Kirk. 
make sure you use the slash Kirk because you get 10% off your first month and it helps us out. I get a lot of emails from you saying that you're looking for a therapist. As you watch these videos, I know many of you have been motivated to find your own therapist, but I know it can be really hard to find a good one to work with. Like I said, one of the options available to try is betterhelp.com slash Kirk. And you should know that this service is available to clients worldwide, which is amazing. I've been told that you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. You can message with your counselor anytime. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And I've been told that it's often less expensive than in-person therapy. So go to betterhelp.com slash Kirk to get 10% off your first month of therapy today. Okay, Berto, I want to ask you about GameStop. I, I, I've heard some little bit of news here and there, but you did a whole YouTube video recently on it. So I just want to ask you, what's going on with GameStop? But I have two questions first. Go ahead. First of all, what are we even listening to right now? This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I am a cloud identification specialist. About a year ago or so, do you know who Michael Burry is? No. Michael Burry is, he was played by Christian Bale in the movie The Big Short. Okay. He's the guy that, uh, one of the guys that saw the big crash in 2008 coming with the real estate market. So he made a, a killing in that case because he shorted the market. Right? So that was called the big short. So since then, some folks track what he's investing because, you know, the guy seems to do a ton of research and really seems to latch on to interesting trends. Well, about a year ago, maybe a little longer, he was uh, talking about GameStop. Now, GameStop is a company that struggled because as more and more people have been buying things digitally, uh, GameStop doesn't, you don't need to go to the GameStop store and buy like a physical copy of a game. And so they've been closing a lot of their stores and things like this. However, he was somewhat bullish. He, well, he felt that the price was undervalued because they still had a ton of assets. He felt that even though uh, the, the world was moving to digital, a lot of the newer consoles were still going to have discs that you could buy and GameStop sells the discs. Uh, and then there were a whole bunch of other reasons. Well, someone, this guy, this Redditor uh, um, that ended up being the one that kickstarted this, caught on to this. And that wasn't his only research. He did a whole bunch of other research. And he was like, ah, yeah, I think I want to buy some GameStop. But he didn't stop there. He also realized that, they were, uh, that the GameStop stock had been massively shorted by a lot of investors, meaning a lot of investors, unlike Michael Burry, were saying, uh, no, GameStop is not going to do well. I'm going to bet against it. And this, by the way, is not illegal or necessarily wrong. Like, if you don't think the stock is going to do well, you can bet that it's going to go down. And it's a risk, but you can do it. Yeah, okay, so well, just to summarize, correct me if I'm wrong, you have this famous guy from the big short and this redditor who are both going to bet that GameStop is the stock is going to go up. Yeah. And then you have all these other uh, Wall Street types who are betting that it's going to go down. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so you have some people betting GameStop is going to go down in value. You have another group, you have two guys saying it's going to go up. And by the way, the two guys, especially Michael Burry, he's not saying like, oh, this is going to go up. This is going to be the biggest stock in history. He's just saying, look, it's undervalued. I think it's going to go up. Like that a little it. bit, probably just a yeah, little like bit. Yeah, like maybe I'll double my money. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> double your money. 
So it'll go from like two bucks to four bucks. <laughs> right. Well, fast forward. And uh, some people on this uh, Wall Street Bets Reddit start like looking at the information from this original guy and looking at the brewery information, looking at a lot of information. They're like, oh my gosh, there's something to this. You know what? It's more. If we all pile in together, we can drive the stock price to the moon because, number one, we'll be buying in. So that alone drives the stock price up. But more importantly, all the short sellers are going to get squeezed because what happens is when the price goes up, the short sellers start getting calls saying, hey, you owe us money because you bet that it's going to go down. That's going way up. And that's going to cause them to have to like do something and that's going to put more pressure on them and that's going to drive the price even higher because they're going to have to buy them at more expensive prices. So that was the big bet. And sure enough, they, they convinced a ton of people on this thread like how many people put in you, their money. How many people? Well, it had gone up to like, by now it's got like maybe even 8 million, who knows. But 8 it had million gone to people. Like, yeah, but at the time it was more like between 1 and 2 million people. But maybe still, even less. So like one, so let's say half a million Redditors are like, yeah. we're all at the same time yeah. going to buy one stock yeah. at and $2 we're gonna buy, a share. Yeah, we're going to buy options, which means that when you buy an option, you're not paying full price for the stock. You're paying a pre, a, a sort of a, a surcharge, betting that it's going to go up. And if it does go up, you get that difference. So it also makes, makes, means that you can buy a lot more of those. So they did it. They all put in their money. Boom, 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 boom. And sure enough, it started going up like crazy, as you saw. It went from 4 to 8, then to 10, then to 20, then to 70, then to 100, 300, 500. And in the process, they did bankrupt a couple of the short seller companies because they couldn't cover. They had to, like, declare bankruptcy. They lost billions. So how many people work for those businesses that went bankrupt? Is it, like, I don't know. three people? I no, some of, them, some of them represent hedge funds and that have tons of people putting money into the hedge fund. So that, you know, so like, is, investors. Do you, do you, maybe you don't know, but... So of those people who suffered, how many... <clears throat> And how much did they suffer from that, actually? I don't know exactly. But what I do know is that it's not... So, sure, a few people lost a lot of money. Uh, a lot of other people that had their money in those hedge funds lost that investment because like, the hedge Like fund regular people up. like you and me yeah. who might have yes. like their 401k? Yes, in, except in, that these were riskier hedge funds, so maybe not normal 401ks. But, but like regular folks that just had their retirement money lost... Lost money. Certainly, likely that uh, that regular folks lost money in this process. P people sure. who had, you know, very specific retirement fund kinds of things. But at the same time, if their retirement fund was investing in risky short uh, short selling, that was not the safest retirement fund they could have been in. So right. it, you know, th there's two sides to this. Right. Now, there's nothing illegal about what the short sell sellers were doing, to, uh, as far as we know. And there may not be anything too illegal about what the Redditors were doing, unless someone was really lying and causing speculation due to false information, maybe. That's as I understand it. However, it caused the, the bubble to, to go up high. Lots of people lost money. But eventually, the bubble burst for many factors, including the fact that many companies like Robinhood, which is one of these traders the um, online trading uh, company, they stopped the, allowing people to buy more and more 
or they put severe restrictions. Uh, and this is partially because they were, they were running out of money to be able to buy the, the options themselves. Uh, and also because they were probably trying to limit the, uh, the bubble from keep growing exponentially. Why, why would they care about that? Uh, you know, it depends if you believe the, the CEO of the company or who you believe. But so the, the way that it works for these companies that are the, the trading companies is whenever you buy a stock or an option, uh, someone actually has to buy that option and hold it while you are closing your transaction. Uh, and so they have to have the money to back all that. But if you can imagine all these people going online, buying more and more and more of these options, someone has to be putting up the money to buy all those options. And so there is, uh, there is, they have reserves, cash reserves for buying, but that can be stressed in situations like that. Uh, the flip side is, and what some people are claiming, is that uh, hedge fund managers have relationships with a lot of these companies. And so there could have been some pressure for them to say, hey, you got to halt this. Like so, what kind of relationship? Is like a like they have beers together or financial relationships? It could be different ones. You know, it, it could be just relationships as in like, look, if you want me to throw business to your business, you got to do this. Or it could be. I, you're an investor or I'm an investor or whatever, you know, who knows? I do not know behind the scenes who did what and how, but what, what and we then, know for and, a fact. And, and, and then the Redditors they, they uh, went crazy saying that they're yeah. being punished because they're the, they're the right. everyman, right, the, right. the grassroots and right. the, the big fat cats on Wall Street g always get their way, even right. when they completely tank the economy in 2008. That's right, and that's and, true. That's and true. these redditors are just a tiny little uh, piece of the pie, and they're being they're being oppressed. Yeah, and so what I would say is like more than one thing can be true at the same time. It, 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 a lot of those things are true. The people that tanked the economy in two thousand eight, no one paid the price. Only one guy went to jail. He was like a black person in Wall Street. <laughs> one person went to jail. Um, and so that's all true. At the same time, it's the same kind of unbounded speculation and frenzy that causes these problems that, you know, when, when they're all like, let's pile in, let's buy more. Let's buy. No one, no one realistically believes that GameStop right now is worth that much. Someone was saying that the market capitalization of GameStop at those levels was like double that of Apple. <laughs> that, that would be insane. So clearly it was an artificial bubble. And um, So now popped. what? What's going to happen now? Well, a lot of people have lost money that were buying these. So Some of the initial investors made a lot of money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you manage to buy early... And on this Reddit uh, mob, yeah, mob in a neutral way, not a bad way. And you then sold when it was at least high. Then you made out with a lot of money. But a lot of people, you know, as part of the mob, bought this maybe when it was a hundred per share, and it yeah. and it and it went up. But they they didn't have a chance to sell, and they didn't and, want to sell because they were doing this little diamond hands thing, which was we're gonna hold. Because it's going to go to a thousand, and someone would post. Actually, I think it's going to five thousand, and here's why. And they would just, you know, really convince themselves. And um, then it started to go down, right? 
Yeah, it's down to like 50 now or something. 50? Now, I will say this. I found myself in a very odd situation last week, arguing online with people. And my arguments, even though the content was completely different, it made me feel a lot like when I was arguing, you know, a few months ago, politics. And I was like, what is happening? And, and the similarities were different people, completely different people. They don't even know each other. But they were repeating the same, almost verbatim statements and, uh, you know, claims, which made me think, okay, so there's a similarity here to other things that have been happening recently, where a group of people, a large group of people, go down rabbit holes and then convince themselves of a whole detailed narrative. And that narrative is they believe that that is the truth. And everyone who doesn't see it is a sheeple who has not been enlightened. enlightened. Like what? What's the, what's the... Like the QAnon, right? Yeah, I know. Or but what's the examples? belief about the game oh, stuff? Oh, okay. The, the belief in this case was that, first of all, it is time. It is time that these bastards pay. And we are going to do it. And, and this Wall, is not the, like... Wall Street. It's time Wall for Wall Street, Street The to Wall pay. Street bad cats have to pay. These, specifically these, these uh, hedge funds. They have to pay. And we're going to do it. And here's, I could recite, you know, thousands of reasons why we're going to do it. So we're going to hold, we're not selling. And we like the stock. And, and so like all these things, whether it was true for some or to start with, everyone was reciting them verbatim over and over. Everyone had gotten the message and they were consistent. And that's, by the way, that's why the, sh- the stock initially was able to shoot up because it was a block operating like the Borg. Huh. So you're arguing what with these people? What's your side? Oh, okay. My argument last week and sort of what I made my video about was the initial sentiment I was seeing online. And actually, yeah, there was a lot of this like, yes, such and such, um, such and such company just went belly up. They lost billions. Finally. Yay. Finally, the little people are getting. And I kept seeing that over and over. And so the, I made a post online saying, that I saw that narrative and that I thought, look, like rarely or actually never have we seen unbounded speculation in the markets lead to good things for most people. Normally that causes crashes and most of us suffer. Uh, So what I actually want to see is like regulations that prevent both sides of this equation from getting abused. But I got a lot of comments from a lot of these people going, oh, you don't get it. You don't understand. Like this is blah, blah, blah. And so these long arguments were about me not understanding, not having done all the research, not realizing that this was different. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And I just went back and forth. And then so the video I made was really about me saying, look, I'm not saying, I'm not claiming who's going to get arrested or not arrested, what's legal, what's not. I'm not also not saying that someone is good and someone is bad. All I'm saying is this does show that there's bugs in our system that allow these runaway trains to go you know, kind of without breaks and that when that happens, that's dangerous. That's dangerous for the stock market and therefore for the economy. And that we, you know, we need to vote for people that make change happen because otherwise we're going to get the housing market collapse again and the stock market collapses again. And these things are going to happen over and over. Right. So you're in my world now, Berto, you're, you're not making any 
friends because you're taking neither side uh, because you see the problems in both sides. And I just want to really just focus on that for a second because usually you're going, no, Kirk, you don't understand. That's because usually you're wrong. (laughs) I mean, I'll agree with that. (laughs) No, No, but you're right. I mean, I obviously thought of you uh, part of this. because Oh, you did? I did, absolutely. When I was making my video, I was thinking, that's funny. Okay. I see how Kirk feels sometimes. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, like, because yeah. I'm like, um, Republicans have issues and Democrats have issues too. And yeah. and when I talk about it, everyone, you know, no one says, oh, Kirk, I like your kind of nuanced take on what's happening. It's like everyone just hates me, you know? Like, well, like, <laughs> and that's what you felt like. Well, I'll say that my, my channel is so tiny still that everyone loves me. <laughs> I haven't yet got the haters coming. Um, but the you probably saw the Ocasio-Cortez tweeted, hey, this has got to stop with these Robin Hood companies. And then Ted Cruz jumped on board and said, yeah, well, what she said. And of course, she was like, hey, shut up. You almost killed me. But um, but that's that's part of my problem is, wait a minute. We should really take a step back. If these two are agreeing, you would think, oh, this is great. We found common ground. But I'm I'm a little more curious than that. Because... There's this sort of naive notion, and this is one of the things I was talking about too. Um, I have even railed. I've railed against like, oh man, we really got to make sure that the rich companies and rich people, you know, they pay their fair share. But I think there's a big gap between they pay their fair share and down, down go the companies, down go the rich. Um, We take so much for granted. I said this on my video too. I was like, right now, you and I are recording through microphones into fancy compressors with fancy software on fancy computers, sending it into the fancy internet for fancy people with their fancy iPhones that they're brand loyal to to listen to, right? And we're all taking it for granted. I didn't invent the microphone or the phone or anything. Like, we're just using it. And the reason we have these things is because millions and billions of dollars were spent and billions were made. And this is what happened. This is a society we have. If we don't like it, let's talk about it. But this is what we have. But we sit on top of this society with all this luxury, and then we complain, and we're like, oh, we should kill the rich. I'm like, okay, hold on. Yes, are there rich people abusing their position? Absolutely. Are they not paying enough taxes? Absolutely. All that's true. But that, I don't, I feel like as soon as we start, like, all those all those companies in Wall Street should all go bankrupt. And it's like, well, okay, well, then what system? Are you going to run the system? Who's running the system? Yeah, we need a system of capital in a capitalistic system. Uh, and I, I think that with regulations, it and the regulations we have, it usually runs pretty well. It's just a problem with certain industries where there aren't enough smart regulations. And, and uh, to be on your side on this is for me to say, Okay, great. You took down one or two hedge funds. That's not going to change the system. <laughs> if anything, this has just added another exploit to those professional gamblers where now they're going to go, oh, you mean I can get mobs to do my bidding and I can make billions of dollars? And so what we need to do, which is what you're saying, which is smart regulation, it's it, to get, re- you know, the, the thing to remember is that these hedge funds are not criminals, these are people 
they're law-abiding. Uh, I don't. I'm, I mean, I don't know these particular. Uh, some ones. might. <laughs> some. Yeah. You know, there's but, criminals everywhere. <laughs> but, but generally speaking, Wall Street, they are following the law. They're not breaking any laws. So, uh, for a a hamburger store down the street, for them to advertise that they have the number one best hamburger in town as rated by the following rater. And then in the small print, it's like, you know, their mom or something <laughs> that that is not illegal. You, you can, right. that's completely fine. And that burger joint gets all this business because they managed to uh, uh, kind of trick the public by using something that was not illegal yep. by using fine print or something. And you don't, blame that person for doing what they can to get people in the door to buy burgers. Hedge funds is the same way. The problem is, is when you don't have laws or regulations or practices that actually stop bad things from happening. If you yeah. had those kinds of things, then those people would follow those laws. There's plenty of laws they already do follow. Yeah. And if you and it's our fault and our elected officials' fault for not having laws in place to actually protect not only just these minor events from happening, because it's pretty minor in the grand scheme of things, it's the major things, like what happened in 2008. Yeah. Uh, you know, on a, uh, well, I won't go down that road. Anyway. It's like no one would complain that a private company decided to halt, buy, allow you, allowing you to buy specific stocks if everyone knew that, no, actually, that's the law. None of these companies can, can allow a balloon, like an unbridled train. They can't. By law... If the following triggers are met, things have to be halted. In fact, that already happens. There are trip uh, trip wires or whatever in the stock market where certain things happen. Uh, trading is halted. That's some of that is already there. Uh, and, and by the way, there's probably laws that are already helpful that are not being fully respected or maybe pro prosecuted and things like that. I am no expert. Yeah. But what I do know that it is true. The short sellers abuse the system. It is true. This showed us a bug in the system. So do we just sit there and like cheer on as the system burns to the ground? Or do we elect people that can pass and or enforce regulations? All right, Berto. Well, I have no idea if anything I said was stupid or not. So I'll, I'll let the emailers decide on that one. Final email here for today. Patron Raquel from California has a email that's kind of similar to what we're talking about here, or just adjacent. She's saying, I made a TikTok video that went viral, and I wanted to ask you about how to handle internet hate and negativity. So she sent me a link to her TikTok video. A young woman, she works at a famous burger place, and she is talking about how her the burger place was like a cult. She's like, such and such burger place is like a cult. And she talks about how while she was at a, um, a get-together, all the managers were talking about how great the burger place was. And, and the regular uh, grassroots worker is just like walking around like, why does everyone love this business so much? You know, it's just a burger place. You know, it's, it's just a restaurant. Calm down. But it's like, we're the best. You know, I don't remember what she was saying, but they had all these like slogans and it just seemed like it felt like a cult to her. It felt like everyone was trying to invite her into the cult of this burger joint. And if I named this burger joint, it would make some sense. You know, it's it's not like a McDonald's, let's just put it that way, but you've heard of it. And sure, it's, sure, it's, sure. It's a big one, and it's one of those ones that 
people are, even the customers are a little cultish about. Um, <laughs> it, they like go there all the time. They know all the ins and outs of the place. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so she made this video and said that this place is like a cult. And uh, then she says here, I don't post things often because the internet can get pretty toxic. I made a video comparing my high school job to a cult because of the manipulative tactics that they used. On the internet, people were not happy with me because I used the word cult. The level of negativity was astounding, and they seemed to be very emotionally reactive. I had to stop using the app because the notifications just wouldn't stop on TikTok. What are your thoughts? Berto, what do you think? I mean, okay, so technically speaking, uh, cult, you know, is... It's probably not the right word because it's, you know. But well, let me stop it, you right there because the the technical term for cult it is is not established. Okay, it, fair enough. I, a, I just mean like it's a pretty like loose word that people use for a variety of different. And that's that's fair. I think people nowadays maybe always throw it around for a lot of things. And so uh, I think that if you're comparing, you know, the uh, um, uh, adherence and allegiance to a burger joint to maybe something like the jamestown cult or the crash thing or something like it, it gets a little dicey but putting that aside for a second uh i do fear this is this i mean the swarm the swarms the the hive mind problem is becoming worse and worse we were just talking about it with the stock stuff uh i, was, I mentioned QAnon. it's very similar it's these like people like birds you know flying and all of a sudden they turn one way and everyone turns the same way and it get, can cover the sky this is what I'm a little afraid of nowadays, that everyone just like piles on, burn the witch, burn this, burn that, and it can get really destructive really quickly. And that in person, most people wouldn't be that aggressive, that contentious, that, you know, uh, you know. And so like if, if this person had been at a party and they said that, Yes, some people might get annoyed. Some people might even be upset. But why, but why, I do, you doubt. Think, why do you think TikTok, why do you think the, the flock of birds pointed at her? I mean, so I looked at her, her TikTok and there were just so many comments and yeah. ne- negative things like, you don't know what you're talking about and shut up, yeah. you're stupid. Why, I mean, of all the TikTok videos of someone just kind of ranting about where they work and about how they felt like it was a cult trying to indoctrinate them into uh, loving the place. And they're just like, look, this is just a high school job for me. Why do you think the flock just like descended on her in that way? So think back to a time in human history where a random stranger that you've never met would come by your house and say, potatoes are stupid and then walk away. (laughs) Yeah. Like that no, never better, happened. Better yet, it, you're stupid. You're stupid. But that never happened because people always had opinions. But the only people you could share your opinions were uh, with were the person in the house that you were living in, maybe the neighbor down the road, maybe. Now, you can shout your opinions at strangers all the time. And I say shout because even though that's not the intention, she didn't intend to shout at anyone. When I open up my app and I see strong comments about anything from anyone, to me, since I don't know these people or don't know them well, it feels like someone's shouting stuff at me. So if I happen to like this establishment and I open the app and I'm like, oh, this establishment is a cult. To me, this isn't 
whatever her name is, with her backstory and her family and her daily struggles. This is a random stranger. It's an it's a scary predator in the woods, like yelling or growling at me about something that 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 affects me. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm gonna give her a piece of my mind. And it's free. There's no consequences to me because since I'm only replying to her post, I sure some people might might get on my po- my comment, but mostly not. So I'm just gonna for free tell her how I really feel, and I have no vested interest in hurting her feelings or not. So I don't know her. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think there's a cult for this burger joint? <laughs> so that goes back to the brand loyalty, I think. Look, I've had burgers at places where people, not just this, there's a few places. And, you know, sometimes they're good and sometimes it doesn't live up to it. But, it, but in this case, um, I think over the years, on top of it being like not in the whole of the country, so it's kind of regional specific, region specific, um, I think their quality was generally better than what you could find at other more mass-produced places, perhaps. Number one. Number two, they did cultivate these, this sense of secret mysteries where like, if you knew the right things to order, you could get secret things on the menu. And so then the people that go there that know those things, which are generally the locals, they feel like they're in on the club, the, they're in on the mystery. And so now that you know, strengthens that bond and that brand loyalty. Uh, so then... Whether or not this is, in fact, the best thing since sliced bread, it will be. And so if someone says something wrong, they're clearly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so I'll close it out by saying that cult has, the word cult has many definitions. And I've been guilty even on this show uh, uh, claiming that cult has a narrow definition. It, it doesn't when I actually looked further into the various usages of the term, and it's not a psychological term. I mean, it get used. It gets used in psychology, but like the word, for example, major depressive disorder is very clearly defined in, in the DSM, and there's a consensus around what that means. The word cult does not have a consensus. You can use the word cult for Brian's, you know, uh, not Brian's <laughs> Jones, <laughs> <laughs> Brian's JoJo's. Well, no, the the band Brian Jones. Oh, Brian Jonestown Massacre. Yes, sir. Um, the, for the Jones the Jonestown, Jonestown yeah, yeah, or the David Koresh cults. These are very, uh, are actually. I just watched a documentary on HBO, I believe, about the the Branch Div. No, not Branch Davidians. That's David Koresh. The um, the one in. Uh, Los Angeles, I believe, where they all wore mm. Nikes. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, anyway, a pretty interesting documentary. The, yeah, the, uh, uh, I told you we should do uh, an episode on that. The the ones that were going to be with the Haley's comment. Haley yeah. Bob. Hail Bob. Hail Bob, yeah. Ray, Ray Aliens? Ray Aliens? Or no? No, that's a different view. Anyway. Yeah, right. um, but, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. The, these are pretty uh, distinctive groups. With the sweats. They all wore their sweats. Yeah. It, they all dress the same. There's a yeah. there's a leader that it's usually some kind of sexual thing happening. You cut yourself off from your family. There's high control. There's consequences if you leave. Blah blah blah. You know, we know what that cult is. But the word cult, when I was growing up, was also used for a cult of personality. Like you could have a a cult right. of Jimmy Carter or a cult of Reagan. And that was a pretty, you know, uh, was a pretty common usage of, of the term a cult was follower, essentially. Or uh, anyway, so the, the word cult has many definitions and we just need to relax. Uh, when other people are using the word cult, uh, uh, just take it easy a little bit. And the other thing is that 
I will agree with patron Raquel from California that <laughs> this burger establishment does have a bit of a cult following. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you, if with a broad definition, sure, you know, you have people all sort of saying the same sort of things about it. They all have the same uh, qualifiers. Uh, they all go there. They might have rituals about going there. Everyone that comes into town, you're like, you got to come with me to this place. You can't leave town until you go. And once you go, you'll never be the same again. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it, uh, it, it's not an actual cult like the Branch Davidians, but it, it is in that direction, you know. And you could absolutely see people, if the people who work there also are in that mindset of just like, we are something special and great. And that it, it's like, you realize this is just a burger restaurant. And I'll give you my own personal opinion of this place. Uh, I found it to be completely underwhelming. Now, it was it was great. I mean, it's a, you know, it's burgers and fries and all the other things. And it's a fun experience. And, I've you know, I've been there multiple times. But I, I'm like... Okay, you know, I, and and obviously, if you grew up with it, then I completely support your emotional attachment to it. But uh, I've had some of the best burgers of my life at just like regular restaurants here in Seattle. You know, not, not, yeah. I wouldn't go to McDonald's for a good burger, but like just a regular restaurant, an American food restaurant, and they serve burger on the menu along with steak and all these other things. I've had some amazing burgers, like or a pub. You know, a, yeah, a, yeah. a sports bar will have amazing burgers. And I'm not going to say that this burger joint has at least is not like 10 times better than, you know, than those burgers. <laughs> and, and so uh, and you can only do so much with French with French fries. You know what I mean? It's not like you can make <laughs> French fries any better than the way that they're typically made. And so uh, I, I will say there's some times where I have found that the hype matches. It's very rare, but sometimes where the hype matches something. Uh, uh, as an example, there is an empanada place in Bogota that is just better than every other empanada place that I've had ever there. And it's weird because you're like, yeah, come on. No, it, it is. Now, it's a different style than some. So, you know, if you have different preferences, maybe. But, you know, that's rare. Normally, things even out. Yeah. Yeah. And I've... Uh, uh, just in a similar vein in my world of Japanese food, there are people in Seattle that like just swear by certain restaurants. And mm -hmm. I, w you know, this, I went on a full systematic Yelp <laughs> yes. review. I decided to review every single Japanese restaurant in the Seattle area. And you think, Oh, it's what? It's like 25 restaurants. No, we're talking like 200 Japanese restaurants in this, in, this, <laughs> in, in Seattle alone at the time, probably had 130, you know? So I got real familiar with the different ways in which Japanese food is presented. And I found yeah. that like every, there were like essentially three categories. There was like the bottom of the bunch, which were basically just like cheap uh, sushi places that they were just serving lunch to people who wanted a cheap lunch, essentially. And so, so they weren't very good. Then you had this middle-of-the-road Japanese restaurant that was just kind of the standard Japanese restaurant. And it was good. I love Japanese food. But there wasn't anything distinguishing. And then you had probably about 20 to 30 restaurants that were at the top. And the only things that really distinguished them wasn't necessarily the food, but the breadth of the menu, the service, the ambiance. Because, you know, sushi... Uh, once you get to a certain level, 
I'm sure the masters would claim differently. It basically just tastes good. You know, there's only so much you can do with sushi. You know, it's rice and seasoning and and fish. And so my mouth is watering. Think about it. Uh, but my point is, is that I found that when people were like, oh, no, no, this, you know, this one sushi restaurant is the best. I'm like, well, no. I mean, I've been to a <laughs> lot of Japanese restaurants. It's fine. You know, it's good. I'm glad you like it. But it's not, it's not, it's not objectively the best you know <laughs> and so just knock it off you know like it's fine that you like it but don't don't objectively say it's the best one of all time i watched a lot of i love watching sh- uh, food shows where they go to chicago or new york and they're like we're gonna find the best pizza we're gonna find the best burger and inevitably there is this like division because you'll go to the first place and you'll ask the people what's the best place they're like oh there's no question. It's such and such on Mulberry Street. You can't go anywhere else. That's the only place. And then people will get very aggressive about it. <laughs> and everyone, but everyone says the same thing about the other place, you know? Like, oh, no, no, Mulberry Street, that's fine. No, no, but the real place is this other one. And anyone that tells you otherwise is a stupid idiot. <laughs> All righty. What's the final word on today's episode, Berto? <laughs> that now I'm hungry and I want to go find the best burger joint. <laughs> and everyone out there, please take care of yourself and... Eat all the burgers and, you know, believe whatever you want to believe is whatever the best burger you want. But just understand it's not objective tooth. Objective tooth? Tooth. (laughs) It is. Oh, you're hungry too. (laughs) But why would would I say tooth? Like I want to eat Because you want to chow down. (laughs) And take care of yourself because... Tooth deserve it.